Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Two Catholic Dudes, and my name is Ryan Klaus. My name is Danny Cleary. And as always, we are not priests, we are not theologians, we're just two Catholic dudes, and we're talking about our faith. We we do that. That's what we do on this that's, podcast. That's our thing. That's what we do. Um, you know, and tonight I'm excited about um, the podcast because it, it it's late tonight. It's nightcast. It's a nightcast. It's a nightcast tonight. And... Uh, is this the latest one we've ever done? Uh, no, no. Halloween was like one in the morning. Yeah, this is 12. It's midnight right now. Um, but because of the distance in which that we live and everybody's crazy schedules, we try to get as much done as we can. And uh, we were really fired up and we wanted to get another one. We were really recorded. hyped a moment ago and our, our energy started dying. We were coming up with topics. We got a lot of great ones for the future for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but we were like, I don't know what to do tonight. I don't know what's feeling right. And we just decided to just pick one and go with it. But we do have some midnight coffee happening right now. So yeah. we'll get through this and then we're going to be up for the rest of the night probably. Probably. So it goes. Um, so it goes. Hope you guys are having a good new year so far. Yeah, that your 2020 is uh, everything you dreamed it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Our two days of it so far have been just delightful. Yeah. Uh, it's still basically New Year's week for us here. We've, we're filming a bunch on New Year's. So yeah. I don't know when this is coming out. But like 2020, so far it's so coming good. Up good so far. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so what we're going to talk about today is we wanted to kind of get, get to the point. <laughs> Here we are. We're we're we, getting to the meat. We wanted <laughs> to comment in. <laughs> comment in. Do you guys like the banter? I I, I listened to uh, Catholic stuff. You should know a lot, and they banter for like 15 minutes sometimes, and I I dig it because I like enjoy. Listening to their their stories, but then I was just getting mad at the last YouTube video. We were doing some research for the last <laughs> that's episode, right, that's and I'm right. sitting there and I'm like, "Can you just get to the point already?" <laughs> this guy was talking, and Ryan goes, "That's probably what people think when they listen to us." Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I do it when I scroll. I, I find I'm sure you guys all like look for YouTube tutorials or whatever for whatever it is in this world you want to learn, and you like find the video, and then they're like, "Today we're going to be learning." You're like, "All right, let me just scrub through and find like the meat of this where I can know what I want." Yeah, um, yeah. So. You you know, maybe in all of our podcasts we'd be like three. We just put a little like three forty-seven is when the content actually begins. Yeah, we do the little like the there's like yellow bars. I'm whacking this the yellow bars on the YouTube. It's like fast forward to this time signature to get to this point. <laughs> time signature. That's not it. Time stamp. <laughs> um, anyway, so we wanted to uh, kind of do a follow up to the episode that we did talking about uh, the Norvis Ordo Mass and why we like it, and we wanted to talk about how. We think that it can be enriched and some of the issues that we think arise of why people have problems with it because a lot of times in ministry, when we work in ministry, when we're passionate about ministry, even when we're volunteering in ministry, um, we can get kind of burned out and a lot of people can uh, tend to like phone it in sometimes. And we just wanted to talk about that a little bit and and address it and see what we can do as uh, ministers, as lay people to enrich and to kind of bring life into all that we do in the church, in our liturgies, in our, uh, for me, we're going to talk about youth ministry, we're going to talk about music, we're going to talk about all kinds of different things that we can, what can we do to bring uh, these things up, bring, elevate them, make them, make them uh, exciting. I think that's the, that's the beauty of the Novus Ordo Mass is the fact that uh, all of us lay ministers can can assist in the mass, um, but that can st- that can be the problem as well. 
if A, we're not informed or B, we don't care anymore and we just are getting burnt out and we let our ministries and our jobs slide and we don't put any dedication into it. Um, and yeah, so we want to really be doing the best possible job at all times. And, and that's when that liturgy can be so beautiful, right? Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be speaking from a musician's point of view. You got the youth ministry side. Right. You know, you, obviously, well, youth, you say, well, how is youth ministry involved in liturgy? How is youth ministry involved in liturgy? I mean, I spoke to it in the last episode a lot that, that I try to make um, being involved in liturgy a big part of my program uh, because and for my confirmation program in, at Holy Cross, the one that I, I work at is uh, mass is a requirement as part of the confirmation curriculum. They need to go to mass. We have a mass attendance sheet that they need to check in with. Technically, if you're Catholic, <laughs> mass is a requirement for everybody. <laughs> Just go to mass. Right. That's 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 uh, like you know one of the top priorities of being Catholic. Well, so. I was I was laughing because I was uh, going Just through reiterating. I was going kids. through the stories recently on uh, on Instagram. And uh, the basic Catholic, Austin, a friend of ours, um, he did like a, what's your New Year's resolution? And somebody like put like, I'm going to try to make it to Mass once a month. And he called me back and he goes, please tell me I read that wrong because you should go to Mass every week. <laughs> and I was like, tell him. Nope. Yep. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's part of the, part of the deal. Yeah. So, it's, uh, but anyway. So you reiterate going to Mass for these kids, <laughs> make it a requirement. Because again, a lot of these kids, they don't have the formation. They don't know. Their parents don't know. And their parents, parents often drop these kids off at confirmation. It's, and it's they're wild. Like, they're like, oh uh, yeah, we'll just check off this box. And so like, I got to send my kid to church, but I'll be back at home watching the football game. Yeah. Like, that's not what it's about. No. Uh, okay. So continue. Um, but yeah, so, but I'm going to be speaking more too, because here's the thing is, I think that like, there's a lot of different aspects of our faith and of parishes life, of parish life, of everything that can struggle with people phoning it in or people for lack of passion for what they're doing or whatever it may be. It's not just liturgies. Liturgies have struggles as well, but I think that, oh, and pardon me, I keep uh, having an issue here, but. Youth groups, um, for my own, you know, programs that involve teens, any kind of outreach programs at parishes can suffer if people are just kind of going, ah, whatever's the easiest to get this done. That's right. And they're not putting in the passion, which to make it the best it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. You know, <coughs> any yeah, any job in in the parish is that the parish as a whole is going to suffer. So we can talk about, you know, we're talking about youth ministry, music ministry. We can talk about the DRE. We can talk about the assistant. We can talk about the secretary, secretaries. If you're the person who sets up the hall and moves the chairs and moves the tables, um, you know, you do the best job possible. We, we've been reiterating that a lot on the podcast is, right. is no matter what you're doing in this world, do it right. Do it, do it great. Do it with purpose and passion and don't phone it in. And that, that goes a long way. So, um, what are some ways that, that you, in your youth ministry, the way that you can stay excited about your, about your job? Well, here's the thing is youth ministry, like it is, it can burn you out quick. Um, and I, not because of like the workload, at least in my experience, like you, youth ministers do a lot. And a lot of the times youth ministers get, everyone that works at a parish can attest to this, but you get a lot of things like tacked on that you didn't know were part of your job until all of a sudden people are asking you to do them. But I know about that right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 
I heard a study that the average lifespan of a youth minister is just a mere six years. Like, oh, in their job? Oh, oh. <laughs> jeez. <laughs> I guess I did say that word. Guys, it's midnight. It's a midnight podcast. I'm like, shoot. The, the lifespan of a youth minister's career, six years. Okay. They live <laughs> longer than, guys, they live longer than six years. Well, I beat that. Yeah. I'm at eight. Eight years? Good for you, man. So, uh, And I think the problem is that they often come into a parish complete. They're super young. He's like 22 years I old. Was t- Nine, uh, 21. Yeah. When I got, like when I was the assistant. The assistant youth minister, right? So yeah, you, you, they hire him really young because they're, they're excited. They're passionate. They're, they're close to the age of the kids and they can relate to them. But the problem is they often know nothing. Uh, I knew nothing. Zero. They're like, I know how to like ham it up with these kids and and uh, and play dodgeball. Great, but like yeah. you don't have any kind of formation theologically or nope. or you know, God forbid you're put into confirmation coordinator too as well. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know. So let's just strictly talk about youth ministry. So you have that lack of formation and lack of any kind of direction. But and so that goes usually goes on for a couple years and then they realize that they don't have any formation and they're like, oh let me go ahead and like do this class. There's like an accredited course you can take, right? To be it's a like certified. a specialization certification type stuff that they have, at least in our diocese in LA. Right. But like who decided that that's, you know, who made that? I don't know. I don't know. And is, you know, what? I have one of them. Yeah. So, specialized. So then you get like this piece of paper and you put it on your fridge. You're like, I'm a real youth minister now. Yeah. But it's like, what does that mean? What what can you do? What do you, what do you know? Have you really learned? So anyways, so let's say they went through that process and they really discerned and they really grew and they, as a youth minister. Now they're on like year four and they're like, yes, I am fired up. I am now knowledgeable and I want to do a great job. But then they often, they don't feel supported by their parish and slowly but surely they start to get burnt out. And then they start phoning it in and by year six they're like mm, peace i'm out and then they start the cycle all over again because they're like what do we do we don't know how we don't know who to get in here let's get johnny this, this and, college and, student and the college student while, yeah. and and the cycle be, cycle continues again right so right that's that's the study that i've heard that that cycle is just sure you know see here's the thing for me it's i'm a firm believer that being in youth ministry and someone that works in youth ministry it's it's a call you know, just like, you know, being called to a priest is a call, being a called to answer the, your gifts of music or whatever it may be. <clears throat> being a youth minister is a call. There's there's people that are called to do it. And, you know, God willing, they find that an opportunity to do that. But, uh, and I believe that I'm one of those that I was called to do youth ministry. It's something that I've wanted to do since I was 16. You know, uh, not a lot of 16 year olds like I want to be a Catholic youth minister. But yeah. it's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are like, ah, that sounds easy. That's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> a lot a lot of those those ministry jobs, people go, I don't know what else to do. You know, I this, this wasn't a good fit for me in this world. This wasn't a good fit. But youth ministry, that seems easy enough. And yeah, or people will go, you like kids. Right. You're and good with teens. And they go, oh, yeah. And I guess I do go to this church. So, like, sounds good to me. Yeah, where it's like. And here's the thing is, is, is the hardest part about youth ministry for me. And, and I get all that, that what you were saying and is the part that burns you out is struggling to get the kids 
to be engaged. It's struggling to get the teens that because there's days where they just don't want it. Oh, so and so you, and you can feel it. So your argument is that you you personally are like <laughs> super passionate about it, yes. and you're putting in all this effort and all this work, and then the kids just suck. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're up there doing a song and dance, and like Jesus is amazing, and pop pop pop, and this is my faith, and look at this, and then they're like, cool, cool. Is it is it nine o'clock yet? Yeah, can like, I go? Great, man. Thanks. Yeah, I get that. And then you walk out and you're like, I don't know if anybody heard anything that I just said. And there are days like that. There are days where like, like I, I had a youth group just tonight where it's holiday time and you're like, okay, it's the first youth ministry of the decade. It's going to be rad. Nine people show up. Yeah. And you're like, cool. Well, apples to apples it is. Yeah. That's still a game. That's still a thing. Apples to <coughs> apples. They play it tonight. So. Man. Um I, I mean, I can relate because like when it comes to choir directing, you know, directing a, a church choir is a is a absolutely beautiful thing. But sometimes, right. you know, you have a lot of personalities, a, a wide age. I'll say it nicely, a wide age range, <laughs> a very wide age range of people in your choir and God bless them all. But yeah, sometimes I come in with these amazing ideas. I, I have these like huge choral masterpieces. I'm like, we could totally do this, you know. <laughs> and and uh, or I score this this the song, or I bring like one of my psalms in, and I'm super excited about it. And I I pass out all the music, and I'm like right right in the heart of like direct uh, in the rehearsal, like directing this one piece. I'm really excited, and I see a hand go up, and I'm like trying to ignore it, and I because it's that one person that you do like this isn't gonna be good, and it just like stays up, and you're like. <sighs> Okay, what is it? And they're like, I don't have page three. And you're like, come on, man. Can you just figure it out? Like, I had it out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like those moments just drive you mad. They right. drive you crazy. They, and, and I think that that's what burns ministers out more than anything. And then, unfortunately for a lot of people, it's lack of support. There's that. Um, And not necessarily in like a financial like oh i don't have a budget or like and that may be an issue here's the thing no churches have the budget no churches no matter where you go they're not going to have the budget uh right you'll, you'll hear that across the board yeah i'm talking work for the catholic church right and and, I, and i'm talking more on a on a spiritual level of support honestly yeah i think it is is having uh pastors or um other staff members or things like that that are like hey uh and I think a lot of parish staffs need more retreats like, like for each other. Like what, how are you guys spiritually enriching each other's lives? Cause if you're spiritually empty, how can you feed other people? That's a huge, huge point. We had a whole episode <laughs> on retreats. I think it was our least popular episode of all <laughs> episode, like three or four or something. Yep. So if you scroll it was, back, it was actually like four and five, four and five, but we tried like a multi-part because at first we were like, mm, we don't want to go over 30 minutes. Now we're like, whatever hour and a half two hours whatever so it was a it was an episode on retreats right but i don't know if we talked about it in that episode or not but um you know you have we do a lot of confirmation retreats mm -hmm. and you have you, you're ministering to the confirmation the, the confirmant right. right that's that's the main goal of that retreat but then often you know at, at your parish now 
uh, other parishes, they have like peer leaders who had just been con- confirmed or, or a few years out, right? And so they're, they're within the age group and they're doing so much work and they often get ignored spiritually. So I think what, what you do and what I've seen other uh, couple retreats do, and it's so amazing, is they have a little mini retreat either before the retreat or after the kids go to bed or in the morning before to really minister to those kids spiritually. And that lifts right. them up. But like us we need we that need as that, as, as we need the too. ministers on the top as adults. Yeah. We and we often are get neglected, and I think that burns us out so much. For sure, it absolutely does because you need to be spiritually fed just as much as those teens do. Yeah, like it, you don't just get to a certain point in your life and you're like, okay, I'm an adult now. Now I'm the youth minister. Now I'm like, I'm good. Like <clears throat> you need that spiritual growth. You need to reignite your fire. Right. Sometimes just as much as these teens, uh, you know, and that's what I think people struggle with is like, I don't feel supported in that way. I don't feel like anybody cares that where about my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to care about a hundred kids spiritual life, but nobody cares about my spiritual life. God cares. But at the level of, I need support from my community. Um, and the other thing I struggle with a lot with youth ministry, I think a lot of youth ministers struggle with is people uh, don't understand what your job is. What do you, uh, you've seen office, <laughs> office space. What would you say you do here? <laughs> <laughs> Danny's still doing it. I'm still doing this. Everyone's, everyone's been sick guys. It's Chris. Uh, it's Christmas season. Still. We're still in Christmas season for us. And this is, tis the season for yeah, illnesses. Yeah, I was, it's brutal. I like thought I, sh- I, I like, sh- I had the stuffy nose and the sore throat and I thought I shook it, but yeah, this cough is just lingering. And like the last few days it has been just wrecking me, man. So I appreciate you guys bearing with me. It's been a marathon for them. We're it, listening like six weeks in a row. Yeah, with this guy so me just coughing in the microphone. Cause you were sick like three weeks ago. I got sick last week. And mine yeah. blew through me really quick, but then it like it kind of re resurfaced a little yeah. bit. So, so anyway, so yeah. I apologize for coughing the microphone, but they're, hey, they're good. They're good. On. Uh, uh, I hope but, you guys are feeling well and uh, and not getting ill. This because yeah, man. Like even though you're, you'll be listening sometime in January, and like you know when it's cold out and like this this flu is flu season. Goes to like March. Get your flu shots if you didn't get them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, but anyway, so it's one of those things of like. You need to be spiritually fed just just as much. It's it's so important to your ministerial position of is is having a relationship with God because I think that a lot of times ministers get burned out because they forget that it's not just a job. That ministry is or should be, in my opinion, people that work for the church should be part of your life. You know, it shouldn't be a um, a job first and ministry second. Well, I've talked about that is it should be ministry first. That also happens to be your job, right? Ministry first and, and your spirituality and faith because yeah. yeah, the job came second to that because you know, Jesus, God, they're always first. Right. So I've talked about it before. I struggle with the fact that I'm every time I'm at mass, I'm playing. Uh, it's part of my job. I'm singing. And like, sometimes it's nice to just be able to step back and be like, I want to go to a mass and not have to do any of that and just be present Right. Uh, with God and be present in this liturgy. 
it's even harder now that I'm at this new parish because I was only doing like two masses a weekend when I was at Holy Cross. Now I'm in Anaheim and I'm doing four, sometimes five masses a weekend. And there's, there's literally no time I could go to daily mass, but like there's no time on the weekend that I can't, there's no other options. I'm, t- I'm covering all the masses on my own. Right. And so like by the, by the fourth or fifth one, I'm just like a zombie. I'm like, Am I st- where am I? I oh did, what, did I tell you? I don't think I said it on the podcast. I was so embarrassed. This has never, never happened. I was so tired through Advent because like it was getting started in this at this new church while planning for Christmas and Advent and everything. I was doing the music for Simbangabi. It's the Filipino Simbangabi. Simbangabi. It's the Filipino celebration of of right before Christmas of Advent or Christmas. I don't know much about it. Isn't it? Isn't it with Mary? Does it? No, that's so that's Our Lady of Guadalupe the week right. before, but it's like a seven day thing. If you're like in the Philippines, Simbongabi? yeah, it's like there's a there's a mass for seven days straight. It's like a whole thing. We just did one. They needed me to play the piano. It was like like you know seven at night. I had worked already twelve hours that day. I was exhausted. Okay, okay. So I I I sung the the whole the song to the holy holy holy, and then uh, after the consecration during the memorial acclamation. I had on my iPad, I have, I have music on my iPad, and I had both the uh, When We Eat This Bread, the memorial mm-hmm. acclamation, and the Amen side by side, and I was just like, I was zoning, and so he was like, the mystery of faith, and I just go into it, Amen, oh, and I see my choir being like, nope, <laughs> and Ooh. I was like, Amen, oh, when we eat this bread and drink this. I was like, oh, man. what in the world? Like, I was so embarrassed. I've never been more red in my life, but like, huh, stuff happens. I mean, Jeez. I apologize to the to the presider afterwards. He's like, no big deal. It's fine. Yeah. I was like, not a good start here. <laughs> that was like week four Brutal. at my new job. So like, um, I don't know. I, I tangented, but like, I was tired right. and, uh, uh that's was I burnt out? Maybe that's that's why I was like I didn't have time to minister to me because I was working so hard. Right, you need the proper rest and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, you, of course. Um, and that's the thing. But now, okay, so we've talked a little bit about needing to minister to yourself, but there's a lot of other people that are just like phoning it in, phoning it. In. And I think I want to get in. Let's get into phoning it in. Let's get into it because that is not a good situation either. That's probably worse, honestly. Um, I phoned it in mm-hmm. plenty of times when I was younger. <laughs> I, phoned, I phoned it in sometimes today too, but rare, pretty rare, pretty rare. Sure. And uh, that's that's for little moments. But like we're talking a consistent phoning it in, like you don't care about your job type situation. You're doing this just or for Or you've been paycheck. doing your job for so long. Yeah, so one way or the other. Mine was phoning it in at the beginning because I was like, I want to be a rock star. What am I doing here? Uh, you, you know, somebody asked me to take this job as a musician. It's not, I'm not about it. So I was just like, eh, like literally the night before, like Saturday night, oh shoot, we didn't plan music for mass. Let me just throw some songs together. And sure. like the teen choir is like, what are we doing this morning? I'm like, I don't know. Everyone just take one of these pieces of paper. It was bad, you guys. Yeah. It was real bad but uh and i, I said Probably not liturgically correct either 100 <laughs> wrong i don't even know what a responsorial psalm was and here's the deal like i've said it before i should have been fired like 300 times of course uh and by the grace of god he allowed me to stay in that position for the detriment of the entire congregation <laughs> and that choir for years <laughs> 
I will throw myself right under the bus. I should have been gone, but like I was allowed to, to, you know, be formed and, you know, thankfully it led me to where I am today. But a lot of phoning it in on my behalf before I finally realized the beauty of the liturgy, what it's all about and the beauty of the music. Because again, I was like, "Mm, this music's lame. It's not, it's not rock. It's not whatever I wanted to be doing. And, uh, and it took a lot to discover the true beauty of everything that was going on. And then I fell in love with it and you know the rest. Right. And I think that that's probably a lot of people's issue with, uh, uh, the Novus Ordo is that like, there's a lot of music ministers that maybe do phone it in. That's the thing. Or, or there's a lot of music ministers that get brought in as just like a gig, mm-hmm. you know? And I know that you, you, as a music director, you, you probably bring people in just as a gig as instrument players and whatever. And I had to just uh, this last Christmas, I, especially late in the game, getting hired there. Right. You know, I, I try as much as possible to find somebody Catholic because what I don't want it to be is just a gig. And they're like, they're coming to perform. And then when, when it's the homily, they're like, Oh, is it smoke break time? I'm out of here. Tell me when I'm, when I can come back in. Right. That's crazy. So I make sure that, you know, I had to find a bass player. I I needed a, a, someone to play bass. And the only person I could find was not, Catholic, but I was like, dude, you stand when I stand, you sit when I stand. Sit when I sit. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> He's like, you are in it. When you're here, you're in it with us. Okay. Yeah. You know, continue. Sorry. But, but, but that's, but that's what I'm saying is I think that's really important. And I, I, and I think that's a lot of people's struggle with, uh, you know, people's issues with the nose. They're like, Oh, the bad music. It's like, well, I mean, I get it too. There's a lot of bad music, um, but it, I don't think it discredits. We're, we're, we're we we talked about it on the last one. Yeah. There's a lot of bad music in, on either side, right? You know. <laughs> so, anyway, from what my from my side of it is, I think that there's sometimes a lot of people in youth ministry or in ministry in general in any job, really, uh, junior high, little kids, first communion prep, whatever it may be, where they've been doing the job so long that they just they have a routine autopilot we just do this we just do this we just do this you know and i fall into the habit too where there's days where i'm like oh like i'm exhausted like what are we doing i always i joke with my my teen leaders i go we're doing greatest hits tonight you know <laughs> like dodgeball and the 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 rock prayer or whatever I, you know I'll pick a prayer yeah and uh i don't spend and that's like and and, and you need to take that time I, I, yeah, I, to, yeah. to reevaluate what you've been doing, to pray on it, to think on it, and say, okay, those were our greatest hits, but what could we add? What else could I bring to the table? And that's, right. that's hard. If, what's the incentive for some people? Yeah, I could do the extra work, but like, am I getting extra money? Am I getting extra? I'm not getting anything in return, so why would I want to do it? Well, he's always watching, but and, like, and you never know what activity is going to enrich a, a young person's life. That's the thing. That's my other thing for me, or or someone's life, or whatever. And I think that there's people in youth ministry who kind of get set with like, I know best. This has worked for me for so long. Why bother changing it? Mm-hmm. You know, why bother mixing it up? Why bother trying a new activity? This has always worked for me, or. Things like that, and and I've seen it a lot of times, and um, I've kind of I, I I've been uh, kind of people are people have not liked me. I have I've been unpopular in some groups because I've been this young guy that comes in and goes, eh, 
let's change this or mm-hmm. let's do this differently or I don't really like that or I know you've been doing it for this long, but I think it doesn't work or well, whatever it may be. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be that guy at my new parish. I, I'm coming in, I'm only in there for, I've only been there for five weeks and everyone's like, you're doing so great. And I, and I think most, for the most part, people are liking what I'm doing and they're going to continue to like it. But there's going to be people that are like, who is this guy changing everything? Cause I'm going to come in and I'm going to be changing some stuff. And they're, they're like, we're not about this, but like, I'm not going to just like stick with the status quo because I want to continue to evolve, continue to change, continue to be better in everything that I do, everything that, that it represents the church as a whole. Right. There, yeah. There's, Cause there's a lot, the, the, the church has a lot of great traditions, but when there is room for change outside of the mass, we should do it and try to evolve to help evangelize people. Exactly. I have a way. I, I, there's a, I'm getting to a point when I'm going to need to reevaluate a few things that I do that, that I'm going to have to uh, change. I'm going to tell you about that right now. Okay, so you were talking about, um, you know, you, you work hard at the beginning and you create all these, like in, in youth ministry, you've created all these amazing games that the kid's done, right. uh, these, these different prayers and stuff like that. So you, basically you've made your curriculum, right? Or your so culture, yeah. Your culture and all that. And then, then you've, after you've done the hard work, then you're like, cool autopilot for me and that's when you start getting complacent right so i've once i really really put in that care and dedication to the music i was like what things could i do that are extra and so recently uh over the last like three years i started writing the penitential acts i think i said it on one of the podcasts before but every single week uh i have a musical setting of the penitential act the curie that i sing but rather than just saying the same thing most and if you guys are any music ministers that are listening i know probably 98 percent of them do the same ones every single week you were sent to heal the contrite of heart uh curie eleison and so on and so forth, the other lines. I forget because I change it every week. So I write new ones based on the readings. Reading one, I write a first line that represents Jesus and kind of sums up that one. Reading two, etc., and the gospel. And that way uh, people get a sneak preview of what the gospels are. And myself, I understand what all three readings and how they're tied together before I even begin planning. So anyways, nice. the last three years, I've been writing every single one of those all, all every single week. Right. Right. I have now circled back to all three years and I have them all saved and there's three liturgical year cycles. And so we've circled back to a, and once I get to Easter season, I've caught up to when I started. So I could simply drag and drop every single thing into that and be like done. I've already done all the hard work. I can just skate and just copy and paste for the, for the rest of my life because that's just going to recycle. Right. But am I in the same place I was three years ago? In my formation and in my faith life and spirituality, absolutely not. Those are probably still going to apply, but I need to go through and it's going to still be hard work, but I'm going to have to go, okay, let me look what I did three years ago and go, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, that line. Mm, maybe I wasn't exactly formed in, in my knowledge of the, what that reading was. And now I have a better understanding of that gospel and I can sum up that in a better line. Right. So reworking the, you know, it's probably less work, but uh, I'm still having to put in that extra effort. Right. That goes back into always trying to do the greatest you can possibly do in anything in this life. It's going to make you better. Yeah. It's going to be hard work, but this life is hard work. Right. And if you're, if you're just trying to skate through, you're not growing, you're not getting better, you're probably getting worse because you're getting stale. We talked, uh, we've talked about it before, like going to the gym. If you're not lifting those, you're not working out, you're not lifting, your muscles are getting tired, they're getting weak, you're getting stale. So like, continue to work hard and you're gonna grow, you're gonna improve. And 
people are going to notice. And yeah, you might not be getting the raise. You might not be getting the accolades you want, but it's not about that. It's about improving you, improving you as a person, as uh, improving you as in quality of work that you do and improving your spirituality and your relation with God. And it's going to lift you up overall. And, and that's beautiful because it's not about, you know, when you say that, that working hard to better yourself and, and to produce, you know, this great stuff, you know, because I'm sure that your congregation is benefiting from these great things that you're doing. And, you know, the, the, the call to greatness is about, you know, working hard without taking all the glory for yourself because right, the glory goes to God. We're working hard to be our best selves for, you know, the better of the kingdom as a whole, right? Because then we can be better members of, of the faith, members of this community, better members of the kingdom. We can help the kingdom of God with our gifts. It's not about us. It's, it's to glorify God with all that we do. I think that's a great thing. Amen. And, uh, and, and that's a big thing too. When we, we'll go back to a little bit to, to being burned out as a youth minister and stuff like that is what do you do to not on top of that? What I do is, and I've been doing it the last few years cause I kind of got into a place of complacency. I was like, just doing the same thing. Cause it was easy and it was fun. And like my numbers were huge and whatever else. And, <coughs> uh, and, and then I thought, you know, what can I do more? How can I make liturgy more important? How can I make the scriptures more important? How can I like, and it was, and it got to the point where it was because I was having these discussions with teenagers and they'd ask me questions and I would go, I don't know the answer. So like I dove into more reading. Mm -hmm. I dove into things I didn't understand people. I disagreed with. I wanted to learn. I wanted to watch videos. I wanted to talk to different people of different faiths. I wanted to understand more so that I knew how to explain things to the teenagers so that I could be a better asset to them. And it revitalized my spirituality because the more I got excited about what I learned, I wanted to share it with them. There you go. So it, it, that's what helped me kind of get out of my rut of complacency. I was like, I want to like, look at all this stuff I learned. Let's talk about it. And then I would plan entire youth nights based upon parables because I read parables all exactly week, yeah you know and, and then they were like I, what is that and I'm like to check this out this is what I read I mean that's what we're that's what we need to do for this podcast once you know 12 episodes in the future we're gonna be like dude we don't know what to talk about we don't have any more topics but that means we need to start doing more doing more research more right. reading more whatever and so we can say oh you can call me and say hey I just read this awesome book or I read this article or I watched this this Catholic movie or whatever we need to do a podcast on that but if you're like oh let's just continue on what we know and the podcast is going to be great no we're going to run out of things to say we're going to run out of topics or, or they become mediocre or they become mediocre and you don't want that so continue so yeah if if you've if you've done a bang up job at your job but now you're just skating like either re look into what you're doing or do more or both arguably just do do more and do do both of those things yeah so, because it comes into this we got to wake up a lot of times as ministers because the church is the church is in need right now and, and we need to wake up and give it our best and and help the church you know pump life you know if your parish or you're you're like ah you know i don't have a supportive pastor i don't have this or i don't have that <coughs> Then you you step do up. it yeah you step up right and if and if it doesn't work for you then go find a place where you can but you need to step up for you yeah you're doing Just a disservice for yourself, for yourself and for the whole church as as large if you're in the if you're in the wrong spot by you just know going, it ah well right it's like when I have when I have guitar lesson or piano lesson this kid comes to the lesson week in and week out and they're it's like a ten year old kid right you I know they don't want to be there their parents are paying. 
50, 60, 70 dollars an hour for them to, to, right. to like not practice, for them to come to the lesson. And I go, Did you practice? They go, Yeah. And I'm like, You didn't practice. And then I go, Play me what you did. And they didn't, they, as a parent, I'm like, All right, so let's just do what we did last week. It's the worst. I don't get anything out of it. They don't get anything out of it. And I go, Hey, I tell, I tell the parent, I'm like, you can continue to pay me, but like, this is doing nobody a favor. Right. So like, let's just find another thing for them to do. Right. So don't, don't keep phoning it in because yeah. that's not helping anyone. Right. So what about the people that are phoning it in and maybe they're doing a bang up job, but maybe they're not exactly living the same thing that they're, that they're <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my biggest pet peeve when it comes to youth ministry, actually. Um, so here's the thing, like I said before, I think that youth ministry is, and, and that, the statistic you brought up or the, the article that you read about how the youth minister's lifespan is so short. Um, it, it saddens me really because I I've experienced it before. Um, luckily thank think, uh, praise God that, uh, for his persistence because no matter every single time I think I'm going to throw in the towel, uh, God kind of grabs him by the scruff of the neck and goes, no, 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 no. This is what you're supposed to be. And this is what you're supposed to be doing. So yeah. you keep at it. Um, but I think, <coughs> pardon me. I've encountered many, people in ministry and especially youth ministry where they're going to be the youth minister when it's convenient for them. And when we're at retreats or when we're whatever, and they're doing the whole thing. And then like when we're not that they're like a different person. You're like, well, and, you're a youth minister. What? Yeah, and, and like, and granted, and, and I'm not here to, I'm not trying to judge really hard here because like I, I've had moments of, of like, where I'm not, there's, there's, there's times where I'm off the clock and I'm like, and people go, oh, or things I say or yeah. jokes I make. And you're like, that's can't believe I'm a youth minister. And I made this joke. I said this thing because you know what? At the end of the day, we're all human. And we're all going to fail. But I actively try to live my life knowing that I am a youth minister 100% of the time. You know what I mean? <coughs> I'll share an embarrassing story with you guys uh, about that here is I was driving my car on my way to work and uh, I was having a real bad morning, you know, just woke up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever it may be. I can't remember. It was many, many years ago, but I was really in a bad mood and uh, I'm a very emotional guy, as we know. Oh, no uh, way. I'm, over, I'm a very passionate guy. I, I let my emotions kind of take over sometimes and uh, I was driving the car and somebody ran a, like a stop sign or whatever and like cut in front of me and I you know, honked my horn and I gave him the... A thumbs up with a different finger and <laughs> I was I was really like you know just like, oh, yeah, whatever and then probably uh, different words also yeah yeah and uh later in the day um the, the the parish office got a phone call and it was uh a parishioner that was really upset because the youth minister flipped them off on the road mm -hmm. and I was super embarrassed and like I, I went and apologized to them and I was like I'm so sorry like that's not who I want and but like <coughs> a, that's not what a youth minister should be doing. But B, you know what? No, actually, B, that's not a youth, what a youth minister should be doing. A, that's not what a Catholic or a human being should be doing to another person. Exactly. Regardless of what my job was, you, you, I shouldn't have been doing or treating people like that. But I was. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is, you, we as youth ministers, youth ministers, we preach to these young people to live their, their life for Christ, you know, stay away from the peer pressure, stay away from these things, stay away from overly consuming all this, this bad stuff or illegally consuming all this stuff. But if we as youth ministers, we're talking about alcohol and uh, drugs. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to tell a kid, don't go to a party and get plastered drunk. 
right? Straight up. If I'm going to say, don't do that. And then you punch out for the night. And then I punch out for the night. And then I go to the bar. And then I get, and I'm you know perfectly legally of age. And I'm out with my friends. And I get plastered drunk. And you're like, I'm just a hypocrite. Yeah. Because A, that's not what alcohol is for. Well, we need to have an alcohol episode. Sure. Uh, we'll, get, um, we'll get on that. But, <laughs> but yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there was days where I would do that when I was, when I was younger. And I was, like, I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Or like how I post on my social media. That's huge. We episode number one, guys, was social media, and yeah, I, we we might do a rehash episode or touch on it. But like, po- what you post on social media yeah, like, is is I, so key. Uh, you, again, you should be living exactly everything that you're posting on social media. But like, common sense, you guys. Like, but it, it, it's not even that. Like, I don't watch what I do or watch what I post or watch what I th- because I'm trying to keep my job. I do it because that's what Jesus is calling me to do. Right. You know, yeah, my job is to be this example to these young people. And, you know, like, so, yeah, I, I, I should be judged a little more harshly or I should be extra critical of myself. But I see a lot of people that are doing these jobs that just don't care. And then post <coughs> post crazy stuff on social media. And then then it just doesn't matter. And even like tag the youth ministry and like other posts. And it's like, come to youth ministry tomorrow. And then, by the way, check out the other part of my story where, you know, this there's is going drugs. on and there's drugs or there's there's alcohol. And it's like, are you kidding me? It drives me nuts. Get out of here how are you a youth minister and and then you're gonna go punch you're gonna go clock back in and be an example for these kids uh, you're not an example yeah i just think it's damaging to uh the title of youth minister and it really bothers me um right. as someone that takes it really seriously uh, my job as youth minister and and because here's the thing is i don't it's not just like as a youth minister i'm not just like oh i only care about the teens at my parish you know like when you're if say you're a football coach you care about your football team, mm-hmm. but as a youth minister, I'm not. I don't just care about the teens at my parish. I care about all teens. I want all teens to encounter Christ. And when I sometimes see other youth ministers that are just not, or I've had plenty over the years of other teens that have come to me, and I, I mean, granted, there there could be plenty of my own teens that have gone to other youth ministers like Danny sucks, sure, you know. But like, we all should be keeping each other more accountable, you know. And like, that's the thing is like, I, I hope that like, and that's why I, one thing about our friendship that I like is we do keep each other accountable on that stuff. Yeah. I call you, know? you out all the time and you do, you do me. You, you need to have accountability. And I think that a lot of times, like we're not brave enough to say, and I, I'll, I'll say at one point, like, uh, we, obviously we're not, we're not name dropping. This was several years ago, but Ryan called somebody out for like how they post on social media. They were like, he's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And they are like so mad at you. Yeah, they defriended me. They blocked me, and I was just like, "You got to think about what you're posting. You're and, posting." And, and we're doing it out of it, it, you. You came in a spirit of love of like, "Don't do this," because like, there's people that are looking to you as an example in the church. Yeah. <coughs> so, I think that that's just as bad, if not worse, than phoning it in. Is almost like living a double life. Living, yeah, yeah. You're 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 being fake. Yeah, like, like, and the kids see through that. The kids oh, see through yeah. that, and that's evident in the program. Whether you're youth, yeah, we're talking a lot about youth ministry, but music ministry too, because again, music ministry, if if you're if if you're just for, for if adults you're, or kids, you're not just music. You should be a spiritual guide and advisor uh, and form 
you should be able to form these people in in their spirituality as well in, in their musicality. It's right. not just let's come and let's sing a song. Let's come and, and we're going to sing. We're going to just knock out the five songs for this week. That right. doesn't do anything. That doesn't mean anything. And the people don't understand why they're singing the songs they're singing. And But if you don't know that as a choir director... If you don't know that as whatever, whatever it is you're doing, you're not doing your, the full part of your job as a minister in the church. Right. And that's the thing is like, and, and, and we're speaking to this because we've been through it. You know, we're not, I'm not sitting here like saying like that like, than now. yeah, like I, I, I struggle with this all the time. I was the, I was the worst, you know, and, and still to this day, I have days where I struggle, right? Struggle. But I, th- I think what we're saying is like, like, but Be we aware all, of it. all of us as ministers, as lay ministers, well, and priests should be too. But we everybody, need, we need to keep each other accountable. Yeah. And when something is off, or when, when we're not living the way we should, we should love each other enough to say, "Yo, dude, that ain't it. Don't post that, right? Or you, what's going on with your youth group, or what's going on with your choir, or <coughs> whatever it may be. What's going on with the?" The tables you're setting. I, was, I went back to the guy that sets up the tables. He doesn't have any part. No, but <laughs> we need to. We need to. Uh, uh, Pope Benedict uh, wrote in his uh, last uh, uh, encyclical? encyclical. It was uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Caritas and Veritate. I think is how it's said. Mm-hmm. And it's truth and charity, and it's like to love someone is to to get them to heaven, right? Uh, even, if we, it, even if it's the hard truth. Even if it's the the hard truth, uh, but like. You know, obviously do it with love with the spirit of love and but like and, and that's what i'm saying is like i hope that someone will that my friends and my brothers and sisters in christ love me enough to call me out and i hope that i have the courage to love them enough to call them and 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 help us all to to rise up and be our best selves yeah and not phone it in and not be doing things we shouldn't be doing because here's the thing guys is is being catholic and working for the church and having to live this standard is difficult but it's worth it because that's gonna. We're trying to be what Christ is calling us to be, and if we've chosen a life of ministry, we've chosen like to. I'm gonna live and, and do my job and my personal life, like as a Catholic. A lot of these people that don't work for the church are just like, I'm a bank teller. I just got and then how'd you get in there? I just kind of got into it. <laughs> I, I think I think you said a word that I really like is that they if that you've chosen this, and uh, for me. I w- it was like the bank teller job. I was like, how'd you, if you asked me when I was 24 years old, how'd you get into this job? I was like, I don't know. I just kind of fell into it. That would be my answer. Right. But I decided and I chose it later on. And I, But I had to consciously think about that. I could have continued to just be like, well, I fell into it when I was 22 and I'm, I'm now 36 years old and I'm still doing it. And it doesn't mean anything to me. But yeah. I, I made a decision at some point that no, even though I fell into it, I am now deciding that this is what I want to do. And because I chose that, I have to now change how I think about what everything that I do. Well, and, and without pumping up your pride too much, I, I I will say your your growth as far as ministry goes and your uh you know, passion for it has been a great example, uh, especially to me. Thank you. Uh, because like I, I, we became friends back when I was I was I was like twenty one, twenty two, and we bec- we we just really started hanging out, and you know you know that was you know five or six years ago now, and. That was when I think you really started to be started started your shift when God was really touching your heart to start your shift, and and I watched you, like we'd go to we'd go out with people and like I was one of the people getting just just blackout drunk with with friends, 
and you were just kind of like, you know, I, I'll, I'm have, try, I'll like, have my one beer and be good for like the you. Were, you were trying to move away <laughs> because you're like, this is just not what I want to do. And I remember that like it caused tension with other people in the group because I was drawn to what you were doing. And, and that's what helped our, foster our friendship. I was like, I was like, well, Ryan's not doing that. And then we started talking more and I was like, I'm, I'm having a great time just, and, and it was like, you were kind of like a light of Christ in my life to kind of pull me and keep me accountable in that direction. And I, I've never really thought about it in that way until this conversation, but not only on top of that, but like I, I've watched, uh, without, without not saying like I've watched him really develop because <laughs> I was growing at the same time, watching. but like, because I've seen the all stages of life of when you guys, when you did, when you're in a band and you did your first concert and it was just like, look at how dope my concerts look at me, look that at me, it. look yeah, at yeah, me, yeah. you know? And it was like speakers and lights and sound and magic and boom, boom, boom. And that stuff's cool, yeah, but, but we were in the wrong mindset about it. But then I've watched you do a retreat where it was like, you walked up with your acoustic guitar and invited up uh, some of the girls that you know that can sing or, or somebody that was singing out loud in the crowd, you like throw them the, a, a shaker and you're like, come on, come on. This is your moment too because we're all singing for the Lord here. And I'm like, like there's no way Ryan five years ago would have done that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the growth and that's a love for Christ that's been instilled in you that you you'll capitalize on. You know, as far as liturgy goes, we've talked about that too. You just really have... I, I, I just talked about the girls that were in your choir for a long time. I asked them, I'm like, what's what's one of the things that you like about going to the choir? And they were like, well, we understand what mass is now. Like, psalms aren't mm. just songs, mm. right? They're like, they get it. The psalms are part of the, the word. You know, it's the living word that we're singing out. And because of the, the way that you pick the music and everything else, like, that's part of the growth that you did, you know? It's very inspiring stuff. And, like, that's what we need more of is people that are willing to go, I want to grow. Because it... As, as, as I'm, I'm saying for you is your growth affected other people, affected me, it affected teens, mm. it, affect, it mm. affects other people. And now <clears throat> it's affecting people at your new parish. So we have to keep each other accountable because if we keep each other accountable, not only are we keeping ourselves and our friends and our brothers and sisters in Christ, are we keeping them accountable, keeping them away from what we shouldn't be doing, but we're pushing them toward what they have the potential to do. Amen. Amen. You know? Well, thank you for that affirmation, man. That, sure. that really means a lot. And I think that that goes along with that, that, that. I always have that mindset, like I said at the beginning of the episode, is, is continuing to grow uh, no matter what. And then f uh, combined with my, my deep-rooted sense of, of faith, it, that one thing led to another to where I am today. But when uh, you're talking about Caritas and Veritate is like, you know, calling people out in, in, in the most loving way. Uh, I've never been a confrontational person. So that's tough for me. So my mindset was always just be like, how can I, if I want somebody to, to somebody to change, that's like close in my life. The best way that I can see is just by being the best possible example for that person and, yes. and elevating myself, not in a, in a, uh, a way that, that, that that's about me, but it's just like showing them, you know, how it how, how it could be uh, or, or like how to, to to live better or whatever whatever it is but just like showing by example leading by example right and uh, you know that that's so i mean that that really means a lot to to hear yeah, i me. mean i'm telling you like and like i said and that's that was that was like a raw moment there on the podcast i've never we've never talked about that before you know oh. um oh. I was going to say, like, uh, we just had Jason Flame on the show, and he said, you know, one of my biggest, uh, uh, not examples, one of my biggest inspirations right now is is you. Right. He's talking to, to you, Danny, and he's like, 
and and we we just we just started this podcast and we're just like let's just talk about our faith but we're you know inspiring somebody that well that's somebody you know but who knows else whoever else and so what right. we're just trying to be live a good example of our faith and it's ending up changing other people's lives so like for you guys to keep growing and changing and, and being that example and you're going to inspire other people as well and that's the beauty of of our faith and of all of us that are disciples that are following christ you don't need a podcast you don't need right. to be a youth minister you don't need to be a music minister you can be and you can be the guy that moves the table you can going back to the table guy. you can be that guy everybody has the potential to be a light of christ in someone else's life but you can't phone it in you can't phone in your faith life you can't phone in your job you have to be your best self. You have to push yourself to be your best. And we all, as brothers and sisters in Christ, in a loving way, need to keep each other accountable away from the bad things and push each other towards being our best selves, push each other towards the positives. That, that I think that's the takeaway from our episode today that we didn't realize we were going to get to. Yeah. Is accountability for each other to, to, to stay away from the things that, that make us complacent, that, that turn us to sin, that turn us to being who we don't want to be, but also pushing each other to greatness. Mm. You know, like Pope Benedict said that we were made for greatness. We weren't made for comfort. We were made for greatness. So yeah, you can be comfortable. You can get comfortable. Like I'm nailing it. I've been doing this a long time. I got it, but we weren't made for comfort. We were made for greatness. Push each other to that. Help each other. You know, push, push your pastor, go to him and be like, I want more out of this. Go push your other, your, your fellow brothers and sisters that work at the church. If you're a youth minister, push your teens to greatness. Be like, ah, well, they're kids. No, push them. They can do it. Believe in them and let them push you. Let them, like if you're a teenager and you're listening to this right now, push your youth minister. I'm so blessed to have a bunch of teens that push me to do more. Mm -hmm. You know, push, push your music ministers, push your. Uh, push your table guy. Your table. I, I got an answer for the table guy, you guys. I've been thinking about it the whole time you did that that last mic drop for the episode. Here's the answer for the table guy, okay? First of all, I've been saying it all episode, do a great job, even if you're the table guy, okay? <laughs> you're going to wheel out those tables for the hall. You're going to set it up. You've been setting up 30 tables, 50 tables so many times. You're so sick of it. You wheel those out. You're like, oh, this table's dirty. I could just go home. Go get a paper towel and some Windex and clean that table. This chair's busted. I could just put it out and and you know somebody might somebody might have a three legged chair and they're like, man, this was kind of uncomfortable. Go fix that chair or put that chair back and and make a note that you need to fix it. All right, so do a good job. But more often than more on top of that, who's the person that the table guy is going to mostly run into in his job? Probably what I'm thinking is the cleaning crew. Uh, he's going to be doing his job late at night, right? That's when the cleaning crew comes in who probably nobody talks to. If I can think of anyone that has a job at a church that is that gets ignored the most, it's the cleaning crew. And they have a yeah. thankless job. And thank you for the beautiful job that you guys do. Right. Anyone that cleans, that's hard work. Hard and, work. And we, you know, us as, as, as ministers, in anything you're doing, in any office job, whatever, in your house, they're like wallpaper. You know, if you're the guy doing the chairs, you're doing it by yourself. You see, you walk past that cleaning crew. Hey, you know what? I've seen you around here so much. I've never really stopped to introduce myself. My name is whatever. Thank you so much for doing your job. You strike up a conversation. You get to know one another. Even if you don't speak the same language, you just shake their hand and you say thank you. How much Christ, How much more Christ-like can you get and in that moment? I think that's a beautiful thing because getting affirmed in what you're doing that's making a difference helps to inspire those hearts and reignite that flame 
if you say to someone like, I love what you're doing and what you're doing makes whatever possible, that that's a big thing. Cause then people are like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep going then. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I did that, imagine what else I can do. Right. You know, because we're all doing that through Christ, you know, Christ, Christ calls us. I, I believe that Christ speaks to us a lot of times through the, the affirmations of others, you know, that he, that he wants, you know, cause and we should be affirming each other as much as possible because that's what Christ is calling us to do, to love each other and affirm each other when we do the good, when we do good things, you know, and, and lift each other up so that we know that we're appreciating one another. That's, that's really great. I, I like that a lot. So look at that. I think Ryan got the mic drop, the final mic drop of the episode. <laughs> there we go. So, so be a great table guy, affirm <laughs> people, do good work, elevate yourself, grow, grow, grow spiritually, grow in everything in this world. And don't get complacent, you know? Don't get burnt out. That's th- By doing all those things, you're not going to get burnt out. That's and, the point of the episode. Yeah, and keep so. each other accountable. All right, we got to end this thing before we get to another, another hour and yeah. have to take another break. We've been just rolling through these things. So again, social media, thank you guys so much for all of your support, all yep. of your help. You can take it home. Yeah, uh, We're going to do, uh, make sure you follow us on the Instagram, uh, underscore two Catholic dudes on Instagram. Um, yeah. Pops up right there. Does it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, make sure you follow uh, if you can help us out on Patreon. It means the world to us. When you, uh, anyone that supports us on there, we have a lot of great, uh, incredible members of, of of our community here at Two Catholic Dudes, which is a, which is a community in itself. Coffee um, mugs coming soon. Coffee T-shirts, mugs, hats, we, sweatpants. We talked about coasters today. <laughs> coasters, um, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Pens. Um, <laughs> what do you want? You tell us. We'll make it. We'll we need ideas for future it. podcasts, uh, so we can like do some research. But throw some ideas in the comments. Throw Let's some hear ideas. It. Um, and, and yeah, we, 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 we love doing this. We, we got a lot of big things coming this year, uh, for 2020. So we're excited. Thank you guys so much for following along with us. Love you guys. uh, Thanks for following and, uh, go out and, and grow. I don't know. That's the end. (laughs) Peace. Later. (laughs)